Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bomb Podcast, episode number 178. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Sitting here, survived a hurricane and lived to tell about it. A lot of business going on in the snow world these days. A lot of action. Yeah, so you, last time we chatted, you were a little concerned about the trajectory of the hurricane. But fortunately, where you are, you, uh, you pretty much avoided it altogether, right? Yeah, so everybody that, you know, I'm sure most people know, uh, at least on the East Coast, if you're on the West, you might not know actually what happened. Uh, we're supposed to hit Florida, uh, so everybody's bunkering down here. Uh, it totally devastated the Bahamas, so our heart goes out to them because that was pretty pretty nasty. It hovered over the Bahamas as a Category 5 for like 24 hours. Like, just that totally was crazy. ridiculous, yeah. It's like, think about it like a massive, it's like a massive tornado at a Category 5, you know? Yeah. Um, so that place was wrecked and it was just sitting hovering like off of the coast of florida saying i'm coming for you bitches next and i tell you what we got so lucky because it just went straight north um and i i think it's still hit the carolinas with like a category three so i mean it was a pretty devastating uh hurricane all around but we got spared here we got nothing we got really good weather um we got like seven days of sun and heat so (laughs) So Just, pretty much the typical, typical Floridian weather, eh? Yeah, it's like, but we were we were hunkering down for you know we had some weird storms come come in off the, uh, you know, off that spiral that came down, but nothing really major, and uh, we just got lucky. You know, here we are thinking we're gonna get hit with probably like a category three or two by the time it hit us, and we got lucky again, nothing. So, um, even my brother on the other coast, uh, he didn't really get much. They had just one day of like some crazy wind and it wasn't really that bad. So good. Yeah, it was kind of a crazy, crazy storm. So it sucked for those who got hit, but a lot of people really lucked out. So yeah, even like Puerto that- Rico, like Miss Puerto Rico, Cuba, like it went, it was really like specific. It really fucked the Bahamas. Oh, yeah. And then everywhere else, it just kind of like zipped around and it didn't do the destructive stuff that it could have done. But it did in the Bahamas, man. That's that's bad stuff. Yeah, it was it was so bad down there. Like you said, that one the one island where Freeport was, like that hurricane just kinda hung out there for a whole day at a category five. Like that's nuts. I mean, just hitting for like an hour is bad, but like twenty four hours is ridiculous, so Yeah. I know I had a lot of relatives in Puerto Rico that were freaking out. They're like, Oh, we can't we're not ready for another not again, yeah. Storm, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. they got lucky because it just it just swept right by him. But. That's the rubber living down there, right? You know, like everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's so great. It's always so warm. It's like, yeah, but you got hurricanes who could like d- just end your life. Yeah. Destroy everything you have. Beautiful when it's beautiful. It sucks when it's uh, when you got that. But yeah, yeah, good and the bad. Same thing with everywhere else, you know, like the same thing happens with snow and earth, you know, or the only thing I couldn't take is earthquakes because those you can't predict at all. Those are no it's just kind of yeah. life. It's ups and downs, strikes and gutters, as they say. But glad you're you're all right and didn't get affected. Hope all of you in podcast land are doing well as well. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more information, check us out, skibumpodcast.com. More updates rolling out on the site. I was just showing Mario a little sneak preview. A whole new, I think, a whole new view of us. 
Well, yeah, it's kind of like a like again, like a polish. It's like the current version is like one of those when they find those really awesome classic cars in a barn, and they kind of need a little bit of uh, you know, a little elbow grease, a little buffing, a little polishing, a little uh, fixing up the engine. That's kind of what we did to the site. It was like a barn find, and we fixed it up and cleaned it up a bit. So that's like that. That's rolling out. You've got the shop on there. We're also on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're at Ski Bum Podcast. We are on all your favorite podcasting apps, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. We're also on iHeartRadio and SoundCloud and YouTube. And hey, we're everywhere. But just go to the website, SkiBumPodcast.com. That's the best Instagram spot. Instagram TV. It's everywhere. Instagram TV. Yeah. And uh, keep hitting us up on Instagram. Uh, DMs for free stickers. We're happy to send them out. We get requests trickling in every couple days now because it is the summer and people aren't back into ski mode yet but yeah please hit us up uh, i'd love for you to to represent giving out free stickers i gotta order more actually that's one of my to do's for the next couple of weeks before all the uh, chaos of the fall ski preview season starts well everybody's gonna start looking at their helmet and saying ah oh, i need a i need a helmet sticker you know and we are here to oblige we're here to help we can do what we can exactly carpet bomb the world with us and you <laughs> All of us, the people's podcast. That's us. Share that love. And you. All right. So, Mario, with that, let's kick it off as we always do. It's time for our pray today. Well, you know, I've gotten used to this operate today. Now we can show people what we're drinking too, as well as just talk about it. So, we're going to do both. So, I have this Wicked Weed. It's uh, called Wicked Weed Pernicious. IPA. Um, it's from North Carolina. I guess Wicked Weeds out of a little town in North Carolina. I just looked it up before. But it's actually highly rated. So I was in <laughs> down here in Florida. Publix is like the big supermarket chain. So I go in there, like it was one near my mom, like a big one. And they have this out there, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is pretty cool. Let me let me look at the uh the ratings on it. And it got a 94% on Beer Advocate, which is pretty damn good, I got to say. That's no joke, yeah. Uh, over like 1,100, almost 1,200 votes. So it's been pretty, you know, Rate Beer had a 3.8 and Beer Advocate has it at a 94%. So that's uh, pretty good. They're yeah, rate, rate Beer, I've noticed, is a little bit snobby-ish sometimes. Yeah, I don't think they had as many reviews on it and it's it's different it's a five point scale so it's kind of i don't know i guess i'm sure people like one versus the other but this is a 1200 almost 1200 votes so uh it just is north carolina i forgot where in north carolina well they don't say where in north carolina but um anywhere and everywhere anywhere and everywhere so they're saying uh 7.3 abv uh pretty beefy but it doesn't have i'm gonna taste it Oh, so it's a nice purple can. I like it. A little Wicked Weed. Cool little hops on it. And little old style graphics. It doesn't drink like a heavy IPA, though. It, it tastes pretty smooth. Uh, a little bit of fruit, but not a, not a lot of citrus. It's fruit, but not citrus. It's almost a little bit berry-like uh, in the aftertaste. So it's definitely all hops, but they, it's, I guess it's a different, you know, the type of hops they use and what they do to it. Uh, tastes a little more berry instead of um, 
instead of all because a lot of them a lot of times you get ones that are really citrusy like you know orangey and lemony and stuff like that but no this is this is pretty good i see one comment aroma of fresh cut grass let's see if that's true <laughs> yeah a little bit of that that but yeah even a lot of people even say they they say it drinks much lower than a 7.3 which it is so it'll creep up on you if you the, these are like these are crushable because you could take this and just like oh this is good let me have another let me have another not really it's a 7.3 percent yeah and i'll put you under the table probably but this is good i gotta say this is solid if i can get some i'll send it up to you brian because this is uh or you gotta look for it i mean north carolina they might ship it up there uh, I guess there's an old picture. They have it in bottles. Uh, I found it in cans. I found a nice little, uh, little six pack, six pack can. Boop. Nice. So, pretty cool. Beautiful. Very happy with that. How about you, Brad? Just pick up. I've got another beer from Icarus. Since we went on that trip a couple weeks ago, I've uh, you know I, I kind of stocked up and, and bought a bunch there. And this one. So I, I didn't even try this one. And when you know when you go there, there's still a very small brewery. And when we were there, we were there for the, the day of the can release on Friday. And they only had three kinds of cans. And then, of course, they had growlers too. But I wanted to make sure I got you know a four-pack of each of the cans. And one of the ones they had was the Invincible Summer, which, Ooh. considering this is a skiing podcast, is kind of funny and almost ironic because... Summer is hardly invincible, and we're the ones that are happy to slay it because fuck summer and yay winter. Yay winter. Yeah, they didn't have that on tap for us, right? I'm not sure. They probably did have it on tap. I wouldn't be surprised. But then they did, what, 30 beers on draft? So, you know, you kind of had to be a little bit selective because a lot of them did pack a punch. I mean, there were not many that were under 7%. So I grabbed a can of this, and I tried it the second day. And this is a polarizing beer. I'll tell you that. If you do not like coconut, this is not a beer for you. Ooh, this, beer, this beer is chock full of coconuts. It is a pale ale with lactose and coconut. Huh. So no so, chocolate, just coconut. So this is not a this is not almond joy or mounds, because there's no chocolate in there. Nice. If Rich were here, he would not like this beer because he does not like lactose, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't like coconut in his beer. So if you're a purist and think all this stuff is nonsense, all this new, this lactose adding and flavors, then again, this is this is not for you. This you're probably going to say this tastes like Coors Light with suntan lotion in it. Which, hey, that's your palate. That's the way your your uh, taste buds work. Then that's fine. All that means is there is more Invincible Summer for me. And I'm okay with that because this beer is so fun and tasty. Like I said, you just get you get so much coconut when you open this can. You get hops and coconut. And then nice. so it is rolling in at six percent by volume. Heavily oated northeast style pale ale brewed with Scottish golden promise barley, copiously dry hopped with Lupulin Citra, Zeus, and South African Experimental XJA2. Then conditioned on fresh toasted coconut. Dude, that's like fucking Chernobyl right there. It's not far from that. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll have to give you that one. But it's just, yeah, if you like coconut or you can tolerate coconut 
this beer is just so much fun to drink. It's just smooth. It's I wouldn't call it sweet, but because coconut, it really isn't that sweet unless you add sugar to it. It's kind of got that just weird, creamy, thick flavor to it. Well, but, I guess that's why they act. So I just looked up lactose. Like, why do they add lactose to beer? And they're saying it sweetens drier, bitter wine or beer, and it adds a little sweetness and body to beers. So that makes sense with the coconut because, like, coconut really doesn't have any doesn't have a strong flavor unless you add sugar. Yeah, I mean, if you take coconut oil and you eat it, like you know, I have definitely had a spoonful of coconut oil here and there. I, yeah. I like it in my coffee. It's not sweet. It's yeah. just so many things that we're used to that are coconutty have sugar added to them. You know, like rums or again, like um, almond <laughs> almond joy. Exactly, they put a ton of sugar into it, and it does do very well with sugar. That's yeah. there's no doubt about that. But if you're a if you're a you know pale ale IPA fan and you like coconut. Find find a way to get this beer. They just, I think, released another batch of it this past week at Icarus Brewing. But it is it's awesome. It's so good and so much fun. Loving I guess, it. You know, adding lactose, and I remember we had the conversation while we were there because a few of the guys who were the lactose intolerant, and like, why the fuck would you add lactose to a beer that I can't drink now? You know, which I understand the frustration, but. I guess it. And makes, first thing you say to them is, "I will. If you don't like it, start your own brewery and make beer without lactose." And the world does not revolve around you. But I guess it makes it more drinkable to non-IPA lovers that like the punch in the face hops flavor. You know what I mean? It's a more milder version of it, which which helps it be more palatable to more people. You know? Yeah. But uh, I thought they were delicious. But that sounds yummy. I'll, yeah, I'm kind of mad now that I didn't have that when I was up there. Well, I, don't hope, think, I don't think they had it on draft. I would have. I would have got that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, son of a bitch. Did I get? A, I wonder if I took a picture of the. Uh, well, the inside bar had different beers than the outside bar, and we were at the outside bar. No, I think they had the same stuff, didn't they? Because all of it was on draft. No, they had different things. Are you serious? Yeah, because I got one with uh, Steve, and it was like it was a different one. I was like, "Oh, this one isn't in the in the back bar." He's like, "Oh yeah, it didn't have gluten. Uh, it didn't have uh, um, what you would call it, lactose, and it wasn't on the back bar." And he's like, "Oh, I want to try that one." So he he got a pint of that. Oh, all right. I didn't know that. I thought it was uh, the same at both. Yeah, no, they had a ton of them on tap. Yeah, for a small brewery, they had a lot of stuff. Yeah, that was cool. Surprised. That's a great goddamn brewery, man. I'm telling you, they're making some good stuff there. And you know, it's weird. Like I've gone to breweries where they have a lot on tap and sometimes they'll carry like from other breweries, they'll carry like five or six taps and you're like, oh, okay. I thought it was all, all theirs. And it's like, no, they just, you know, uh, but they had a lot, a lot of, it was all theirs, but it was a lot on tap. Yeah. Trying to see if I have a picture of the, the beers that were on draft that day. For some reason, I'm not finding one. Because that's usually like the thing I do whenever I go to a, a brewery or a spot that's got great beers. I take a picture yeah, of the beer, right of the you know the beers there on the wall, the actual like draft menu. But I don't think I did that time. Oof. So shame on me. Shame on yeah, you. I did not. All right, so we got a couple stories here while we're in the apre today segment. Do you want to grab the first one or the second one? I can do the first one. Uh, so go I think for it. I think this one came out. And this we is right up your alley. We were both in shock. So America is running out of White Claw hard seltzer. 
So, um, they actually the horror, the <sighs> horror, but it's selling so well. There's a short. So the other one, the other, uh, story I saw was talking about, there's a shortage of white claw. Um, so I guess they're saying one of the articles I read said, yeah, it's in here too. They said there was a 200% increase since 2018, 4th of July. So from 4th of July this year to 4th of July last year, 200% increase, which is amazing for a product. Like that's just like gangbusters. The, the, the people that created it, marketed it, they should be like on a yacht right now going, this is good stuff, you know? I'm sure um, they are. But they're saying uh, it also accounted for 55% of all hard seltzer sales, which means they just totally are obliterating the market. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting, like reading this too, they're saying, so White Claw is the industry leader, was launched by Mike's Hard Lemonade, Mark Anthony Brands, and that same year that they launched, Bud bought Spike Seltzer, which is, which is Bon & Viv as the Spike Seltzer. Mm -hmm. And then Boston Beer started manufacturing Truly, which is uh, Sam Adams, right? Right. So it's like all the, like they start out as small players and then it's like, yeah, all the big players are playing. Like they just bought up the small players. So it's pretty crazy to see that like whole, like you, you still think it's like, oh yeah, I don't know where it's from. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a big brewer that, that owns them. So um, it's so but, weird that they, that Anheuser-Busch is like, hey, we need a competitor. What are we going to make? How about Natural Light Seltzer? That's, that's of right. all the brands you guys have in your stable, Natural Light is the one you're going to... They went to Natural Light. Like, let's not, let's not let it die. Let's, let's come out with a Natural Light Seltzer. But think about the genius idea that, like, we'll bring Natural Light Seltzer to somebody that wants to stay with something that's beer-themed. It and says it's, natural. It's probably organic. But then they bought Bon Viv Spike Seltzer, right? Yeah. It's kind of... Like, why wouldn't you call like Bud Clear or something, you know, or Bud Seltzer? Like, you'd like use a, a brand name that's actually well, that has some, some something like positive to it. So even the commercials, you saw the the Bud Light, they were doing the Castle commercials, right? Right. Now it's all Bud Platinum. So now, obviously, like, they just totally made a whole thing where they're almost like trying to get away from Bud Light and say Bud Platinum is the nighttime. So they're trying to get Bud Platinum marketed now. It's just amazing. Bud Light is the breakfast beer, apparently. But Bud Platinum, I don't think I've had a fucking Bud Platinum in like, I don't know, like 10 years. Like, okay, there's Bud Light. Every once in a while, that'll sneak in there. Maybe McUltra, you know what I mean? If I'm out in the sun or whatever. Well, if you're going for a, uh, you run a marathon, then that's what the beer you go to with your friends. Exactly. That's what you put in your water bottle, right? When you're According like, to the commercials, yeah. But, you know, if I'm out watching football all day, I'll crush those, you know, because you can't get drunk on those. It's like it's like you're immune. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Bud Platinum, I'm like, where the fuck did they come out with that? You know, it's just funny. And then, like you said, natural. Like, who's drinking natural light? Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, yeah, we're going to pick one of the brands we have in our stable. Okay, well, how about a Schlitz? Schlitz Seltzer. Schlitz Seltzer. Have a Schlitzer. Crazy, but they're actually saying these. Uh, go schlitz yourself. Go schlitz yourself. So they're saying most of these have about 100 calories per can, and Bonaviv has about 90 calories per can. But I think the light beers are at like 95 to 110 is like the top end, right? Isn't that remember like was it MGD 64 or something? The 64 calorie beer. MGD 60. Oh, they make them. Um, 
shit, is it a butter or Michelob? But they make a 55 and it actually doesn't taste bad. And I've drank it because I have a friend of mine who's diabetic and every once in a while he'll go off the wagon and, you know, I'm looking for the least amount of calories and alcohol I can get in a drink, you know, for him. Cause he's like, I don't want him going to diabetic shock having like this 7.8 IPA that I'm having right now. Yeah. Right. So think about it. You could drink three of those for about for the, for the cost of one of these wicked weeds that I'm drinking mm. right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like a Michelob or bud 55. I'm like 55 carrots and it actually I've had it before it tastes better than the light it tastes like more like like a fuller beer like it's just weird wow bud select I think that's what it is bud select 55 but Miller did the uh the 65 or like they're all trying to get lower like pretty soon you're gonna get 25 calories negative calories just negative calories yeah carbon neutral yeah yeah, but we're running out of uh, white white claws. So um, yeah, I posted to Facebook and Twitter this morning. I I retweeted it and I sent it out, and I was like, "Yep, craft beer fans unaffected." <laughs> and posted the article because again, I, yeah, I was at a party this weekend, and there were all these like young, like early twenties ish, and they're all just drinking the white claws, and of course. Oh. I'm that old, creepy, degenerate just drinking like a freaking four fingers of bourbon to a clear glass. You're like drinking something unfiltered IPA. Like, that's right. Yeah. Fuck. This is how I roll. There with was bacon a, in it. It's there like was a, with bacon. There was a growler in there, and I was afraid to open it. I didn't know what was in there. So I just stuck with the maker's mark. I'm like, eh, this I, this I know where it, it'll take me. It's probably with that crowd, it's probably some fruity sour beer, right? But you know what, though? Like, if you see a growler at a party, like, I don't want to be the guy opening it because, you know, what if you're the only one drinking it and it's really good beer? You don't want it to go bad. Dude, you're a guest. You're a guest in their home. Open the growler. Because you know what they're after. Oh, nobody even noticed there was a growler. I feel bad. Don't let them feel bad. Open that growler and just start chugging. All right. We're stopping the podcast and I'm going back. Grab that (laughs) goddamn growler. Goddamn. I want to know what's in it. And you're going to be like, yes, this is our own version of Spike Seltzer. Wouldn't it be awesome one day at work just to like have a whole growler? With like a straw in it and walk around all day. <laughs> just oh, sipping out of your growler. Sipping around. No. Don't say anything. Like, go to meetings and like put it in the, on the table, the, the desk in front of you. I think if you did that, you'd have to drink right out of the growler. No straw. And you'd have to wear the dude sweater. You'd have to wear the <laughs> And just walk around like, hey, what's up? I'm a little cold. So I put on this sweater. What do you think you're doing? This is a violation of one of our HR codes. Like, no, it's not. Just tell them it's kombucha. Now this yeah, is it's, it's, my own, kombucha. <laughs> it's my own kombucha. It's homemade kombucha. But I think I fucked it up and turned it into beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like beer. No, nah, no, nah, it's kombucha. You're fucking crazy. Uh, <laughs> just awesome. a nice unfiltered beer in there and just freaking, no, nah, that's, that's definitely kombucha. Look at that. You want some? <laughs> just one goddamn that's day to give awesome. people a story they're never yeah. going to forget. Yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do. People run it. So I noticed like are they, so you know what they're going to do? They're going to go buy a bottle of freaking vodka and a bottle of flavored seltzer, and they're going to mix them together and have the exact same goddamn drink. That really is the other opportunity. Just, Why just, has it like LaCroix, 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 those people, and Tito's like, like come together and made something? Like That seems like the most obvious like, Dude, yeah, partnership like, ever. 
Lacroix Tito's wedding, and it's all over. That's it. Lacritos. Lacritos. <laughs> you, you get that wedding, and that's it. It's dude. Old. That seems yeah. like a that seems like a nice prearranged British inbred royal marriage right there. It's game set and match right there. That's what I'm saying. Like, you get like a pear strawberry like spike seltzer. That's exactly what I want. And you know what's coming out next summer? Goddamn Kirkland's version of this shit. It's gonna be better than all the other ones. They're gonna be the ones that partner with Lacroix. They, can they don't like, even need to. That's the thing. Kirkland like draws you in as you become a customer. They keep testing and testing your product, and they're like, "Yeah, you know what? You're done. We're gonna make our own version of yours, but better." So if you think about Costco, I went to Costco today, by the way. And <laughs> as did Andrea. When you go into Costco, like you realize you start buying all the Kirkland brands. It's like Amway without having to sit through the little circle diagram that your friend has drawn for you. Like you spiel. go in there and you you join as a member and you just fucking buy from them. It just yeah. works. Yeah. Works. It's just funny. It's beautiful. But yeah, spike seltzers, they're gonna come up. I, it's just I like the idea of a spike seltzer because they're great. You grab them from the cooler and boom, it's a little bit more watery. It's a little, but they're actually not that light in terms Cans of hands are easily keisterable. Easily keisterable. You could, you know, take them anywhere. But it really is the 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 lazy man's way of just drinking a vodka tonic, a vodka club, you know? Yeah. Vodka club, throw a little fresh lime in there. I had a, uh, so what I drank, what I was finishing drinking was the second of the, uh, the gimlets. I, I had a gin gimlet. And I tell you, that's the easiest goddamn thing. I had extra lime. So I'm like, I'm going to make a gimlet. You know what I did? Cut the lime in half, get the squeezer and just, whoosh, that's it. Throw a little you. Good. You didn't put any sugar in it? No, I do a little uh, club soda and that's it. Okay. Yeah, sometimes they're just that, that what is it, that roses they use sometimes? That like sweetened it's too sweet. syrupy lime stuff. Ugh, that stuff is gross. It's so gross. So I did a squeeze I did a so on this one I did a half a lime, just squeezed, sh- squished in there. Uh a good amount of gin and club soda. That's it. I had a killer apreski drink idea this weekend. Because, again, we were at this party last Saturday, and Andrea made a key lime pie from scratch, as she does. That's her thing. She makes them for me. I get four a summer. That's just the way it works. Don't ask questions. That's just the way it's written. That's it's part summer. of our wedding vows. <laughs> <laughs> will thou make me four key lime pies every summer? Yes, I will. That kind of thing. So do you keep count? Do you keep, like, a key lime pie count? Like we're up to Well, it's, it's pretty much monthly. It's kind, it's kind of like a May, June, July, August. Pie of the month. That's like kind of it. how it works. Very seasonable, you know, it's kind of light. It's fun. She made one and I was licking the uh the what's it called thing? The um food processor where she made it and I was kinda of like, you know, licking the rest of the uh thing out. And I was like, you know what would be really good if you had this mixed with vodka as like a drink, like an apreski drink. I'm like, this would be fantastic. So did you throw that together? Tequila lime pie. No. Tequila tequila lime pie. Tequila lime pie. Tequila lime pie. T E Q. Tequila. lime pie. Yeah. Tequila lime pie. Tequila lime pie. Ooh, you put a little um, little graham cracker like piece in there. Or on like along the uh, the rim. Oh, graham cracker. Rim it with graham cracker. You're doing the rim job. That's good. <laughs> graham cracker rim job. That's what we'll call it. Get the graham we'll cracker and. <laughs> you we'll just call it sugar in there too. Graham cracker sugar rim job. We'll just call it a graham cracker rim job. That's the name of the drink. 
So there's this one bar that you've been to that we I used to like going to, and they do the um, pumpkin beers with the uh, it's like the cinnamon sugar rim. Okay. And when you have this nice looking woman come up to you and say, "Oh, do you want the rim job too?" You're like, "What? What? What am I? I was just ordering a beer." Ew. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, they do that. Like I've seen that a lot. Like especially with the darker, like deeper ones, they do the uh, like the warlock cinnamon sugar like rim on it. It's no pretty damn good. Just, uh, just come on, man. You want to resist, and then you haven't. You're like, yeah, it hits the spot right now. And as some, as like, someone drinking a coconut beer right now, even I gotta say, come on, man. Dude, I had a Southern Tier Pumpkin just the other day. Just this. See, yeah, that one and Warlock's their other one. Southern Tier makes that dark, a really dark one. I had the pumpkin. I had it already. Yeah, this this friggin' past weekend, I'm seeing all these Oktoberfests and pumpkin beers, and it's like, you know, it's like 88 degrees. I'm like, stop, stop, not yet. But think about it. Oktoberfest starts in like two weeks. The real yes, Oktoberfest. it didn't start last weekend. It starts in two weeks. I'm just saying, but the official and everybody's like, oh no, it's October. It's like, no, you dumbasses. Like, look, it ends in October. Yep. So the coming of October we're celebrating. There's an off chance that we might be able to hit Oktoberfest this year. Just saying. Yeah. I know you got that. You got a feeling. Me and the little lady, we're talking about it. Oh, really? Nice. I think we might be able to, because you don't need more than a day, maybe two there. I mean, it's, it's Oktoberfest. You see it? And then if you go the second day, you're like, yeah, I was here yesterday. I feel like a loser now. <laughs> like, like this? Or like, you felt like a champ. Mm-hmm. And the next day, you feel like a loser. You're like, I can't go two days in a row. Like this again. Again, same people. Let me do it. Let me get just as drunk at the same time. I can't do that. Yeah. All right. We got one more story here while we're still in the upright today. Man charged 55,000 quid for a single beer in a Manchester hotel. God damn. Now, an Australian cricket journalist was mistakenly charged 55,000 pounds for a single bottle of beer in a Manchester hotel. How do you get mistakenly charged? You know they put that shit on there like, let's just see if he pays it. <laughs> He's probably like a dick, like being really arrogant. Probably drunk. Let's just see if he pays it and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Lalore ordered a $5 and f- whatever like their cents are. Five pounds and 50 uh, Is this a pound to quid? Shillings or, or sterling or whatever. Whatever dumb money they use over oh, there versions they should just use american greenbacks and then we'll be okay they should use bitcoin it makes way more sense bitcoin too yeah but yeah it's a doucher's ipa <laughs> doucher's d-e-u-c-h-e-r-s that I looks like douch- that looks like douchers to me it's douchers yeah at the city's <laughs> malmaison hotel before being stunned to discover he had been charged 55 thousand three hundred and fifteen pounds and twelve whatever their fucking cents are that's the price of a douchebag ipa which is equivalent to in australia ninety nine thousand nine hundred eighty three australian dollars i don't know you're talking about conversion of like rainbow to unicorns i have nothing no idea how much this thing this is all sounds like fake money to me and it's probably like what 20 million pesos right now <laughs> yeah like a, a billion lira they even use those anymore no, luckily they they went to, but they still use the peso, right? I want to I want to so. translate that to pesos. Yeah. So this guy who was in the city to cover the Ashes series, another thing I have no idea what that is, believes he drank the most expensive beer in history. I guess, yeah. 
A spokesman for the hotel apologized and said an investigation has been launched. However, the money left Mr. Lawler's bank account, and he says he was told it would take 10 business days for the refund to be processed. You know what they're doing in that 10 days? Buying Bitcoin and selling it. So this dude had that much money in his bank account already? Like, what do you use, like a debit card for a beer? That's why you, that's why you don't have a... You can't have a good credit rating because you'll get charged. You never use a debit card for that kind of stuff. Always a credit card because then they, they can just put whatever on there and you just can test it. You kidding me? You got to go get your prepaid visa. <laughs> trying to build your credit. All right, so we're talking 1.3 million pesos. Wow, that's a lot of pesos. But say, why the hell does it take 10 goddamn business days to refund this poor guy? Because oh. the banks are criminals. That's why. They're crooked. That's the exact reason why. So I had this problem. I had a problem one time with um, drugstore.com, which is part of Walgreens, or they got bought by Walgreens. And it was a great site. And they had like where you do your whole basket and then they charge like your regular card for the non FSA stuff and your FSA card. It was great. Like you didn't have to separate the basket and they did it for you. But there was one time I went and I used my debit card for the regular part and then and i would order like for the whole year vitamins like a ton of shit and they charged my debit card one uh three times in a row i'm like why the hell would you do oh we had a problem with our website and it inadvertently basically ran the charges three times and like we're going to refund them to you but it's going to take 10 days i'm like but that's not 10 days off my credit card. That's off my debit card. So you actually took cash out of my bank account now. Like, that's pretty fucked up. And I, and this order was big. It was like a $300 order. So you're talking about like, they took $900 out. And I'm like, yeah, I want that shit back now. I can't wait. So they actually put me, I raised the stink and they actually were nice. And they actually connected me with somebody from my bank with them and they actually settled it right there and i was like that's how this shit should be done even without me calling you know but i was surprised jeez but yeah, that's, yeah, they're like oh it could take up to five business days i'm like yeah that's that's not gonna work mm-hmm. yeah that's messed up but yes yeah, so this guy talks about he says he didn't have his reading glasses when the bartender presented him with the bill he said he didn't want a receipt and she went to leave. Something, however, made me ask, how much did I pay for that beer? She checked, covered her mouth, started to giggle, and refused to tell me, saying only there had been a mistake and that she would fix it. Oh, he had to be hammered. She kept giggling. I told her it needed to be fixed and fixed right now. She ran to get her manager, who took the situation far more seriously and went about attempting to arrange a refund. She told me somebody would be in contact. Two mornings later, Mr. Lawler says he took a call from his wife to say the money had indeed left their account. Oof. Damn. And then they charge this poor bastard. Card. Then they charge him a thousand pound transaction fee. Ho ho. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Again, these banks are all criminals. Always remember that. So this douches is only an 84 rank on Beer Advocate. <laughs> Just saying. I paid. A hundred thousand British or Australian dollars for an eight point four. The Caledonian Brewing Company, Scotland, United Kingdom. Mm. Mm. The picture they show of the guy in the article is pretty funny. It seemed like a like a horse race track. <laughs> Maybe he took the money out and just bet on horses and is trying to blame this poor bartender lady. 
Oh, that would be awesome. He does look like a bit of a degenerative gambler. Yeah, he's like at a horse race track. Yeah. It says behind him, bet365.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. I got caught. That's like the insurance <laughs> company is like, yeah, we got you, fucker. Yeah. You it all. Can you charge me extra for this beer and I'll be able to... Yeah, this there's going to be something shady with this. I got a hot tip on this next horse. That guy looks shady. I don't know. He yeah, definitely does. All right, that wraps up the app parade today. Let's get into the Genjula. We got one story in the Gondola. And Mario, do you want to take this one? Because there was like two or three stories that we both found that were overlapping on the same topic. And there's a lot of like stuff coming out about this now. So they're saying, uh, and this is from Bloomberg, they're saying vaping lung illness tied to cannabis products, New York says. So it's a slippery slope, right? So they're trying to put cannabis in there, but it's actually the vaping. I think that's causing a lot of problems. And now they're saying, well, vaping cannabis, but you vape anything, it's the same thing. So they're saying there's a severe, mysterious lung illness that struck more than 200 people around the country and may be tied to an ingredient in cannabis-containing vapor products, as per the New York State Health Department. So they're saying federal regulators are looking at it, and they're they're actually trying to race to find out what's going on here because they're saying it's an illness found in people using vaping and e-cigarette products. So... The problem I have with this headline is they put cannabis in there just to get people to look at it, but the real problem is the vaping and the shit they put in the vape stuff and and the materials that it's made out of. So uh, they're saying it contained, so they, they're saying products tested contained vitamin E acetate. Yeah, they're saying they're focusing on that, like which is nutritional supplement for you know, applied to skin and has antioxidant effects. I guess they're saying, but it could cause problems if inhaled. Yeah, I think this is where they're talking about like plastic being found in people's lungs. Mm-hmm. And I think they're saying it might be a derivative or a side effect of this being at high heat. So, but they're saying um, they're investigating over 200 cases, severe pulmonary illness related to vaping in 25 states. Two deaths, one in Illinois and Oregon have been tied to the illness and the Oregon man bought a cannabis product from a dispensary. Um, lung illnesses are a threat to the e-cigarette industry, which. So that's, that, that whole paragraph is bullshit. It says two deaths and one is in Illinois. One is in Oregon have been tied to the illness. The Oregon man bought a cannabis product from a dispensary. State officials there said last week, I'm sure he also bought gas and right. went to Whole Foods and drove a car. Right. You and know, like vaping juice, which a lot of people do. So it's whatever you put, it doesn't, it's not necessarily the cannabis. It's, it's whatever the maker puts in there that is causing this and the vaping. The vaping is, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's vaping, it's vaping, whatever. Juul, they made a big deal about Juul Labs and they don't give a shit. They're still advertising <laughs> like fucking crazy. They're like, let's advertise more. Great. Like, hey, it's back to school special, kids. Get your jewels. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, and the thing is now, like, I didn't realize they're allowed to advertise on TV and magazines, which tobacco isn't. So Big Tobacco was banned from that years ago from advertising on those 
on those sources. Now Jewel are like, well, we don't fall into that, so we're gonna keep fucking advertising. Hey, like that. Yeah. So I think it's a it's something they it's gotta be something with with what they're putting the container they're putting in or something or an additive or I don't know. Cause it's not every like uh, it's not just cannabis. It's, Do you know how many people vape every single day and nothing has happened? Yeah, and a lot of people vape every day and some shit's waiting to happen. So it's yeah. just, it, it doesn't, I don't think it has, personally, I think the bullshit in here is they really didn't link it to cannabis. Uh, they just linked it to vapes. And I think, you know, if you're a modern consumer and, and you actually, follow the trend you, you realize that like the whole idea between vaping being like great and like you know risk-free that 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 was like a dream it was too good to be true yeah it sounded great at first you're like well i'm not really smoking i'm vaping it so i'm not getting the smoke so it's kind of cool but then you start thinking like that shit's still going in your lungs right <laughs> yeah right is it like clean air because if it's as good as clean air yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> for it but no, no, it's not tested, but it's better because I'm not burning it. So you're just saying because you're not burning it, it must be better. But they did the ipso facto on that one, I think. I think they did, yeah. They ipso facto did it too soon. Yeah. Yeah, so again, we I don't think they really know the official reason as to why this is happening. No, and but like, they're seeing a rise in this sickness, this illness, right? Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Yeah. Well, there's no free rides in this world, it seems like, and it looks like vaping has fallen under that as well. But, yeah, I'm sure there'll be, you know, we'll see more stories coming up when there's more information on this. So something to keep an eye on, something to be aware of, but... Well, it's kind of like in Tampa now, there's, I guess, a rise in hepatitis A. And hepatitis A is, you know, people don't wash their hands, they go to the bathroom, they handle food, you eat it, you get sick, that kind of thing. And it's being passed at a lot of restaurants. So instead of actually telling people, wash your fucking hands, they have buses and on the side of it is stop the spread of hepatitis A, go get the vaccine. Like, so you want everybody to get a vaccine when the solution is wash your fucking hands and make sure people that are working in a restaurant wash their fucking hands too. Like, it's crazy. I thought for sure it'd be cut your hands off. That's the next step. What's the next step? You're not going to pass it if you have no hands. Oh, don't go eat at restaurants. Stop the spread of it. Yeah. How about you regulate things the way you should? You know. So, yeah. thank you, state and local government, for failing us and now passing it off to say, "Well, the problem is you should vaccinate." And they'll probably push it to federal government and say, "You know, the government didn't make everybody vaccinate. Like, what, that's next." Yep. Bunch of fucking morons. Yeah. Follow the money. Follow right. the money. Always. Who's making money on that on this whole deal? Hepatitis outbreak? Pharmaceutical. Yep. <laughs> Pharma. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly, perhaps. Throw cannabis in there. Yep. That'll uh create some some clicks on the on the article and sell some sell some product. Let's go to ski news. <laughs> So we're here and it's pretty early in September and we're already getting snow falling all over the world. Sounds so awesome right now. There was now. video of Mammoth last week getting a little bit of snow and Dubai in Austria has already announced that they just opened this past Friday which follows a ski area in Norway already opening up. 
you know, they show that picture. It's like the second picture and they show the picnic tables with the snow on it and people walking around. And I'm so jealous right now because I think about that's that's after that's Opry Ski right there. Yeah. You just walk in. It's there. Sit down, clear off a little bit of table. Yeah. Uh, hanging out. Stubai is in uh, Tyrol in Austria. And yeah, they've got a couple of lifts already open. They've got uh, a couple of runs open. One of the restaurants is open. So it's Dang. it's legit open. Oh, they're showing also in Italy. Yeah, Lavinia. Lavinia in Italy. The glacier area above Zermatt in Switzerland. Yeah, uh, that's serviced by Servinia too, right? That's the yeah, one. Yeah, Servinia. We skied them. We sure did. I we mean, had two hour lunch in Servinia and then uh, came back. So nice. People are like, you ever ski Servinia? I'm like, kind of, sort of. Sort of. We, we ate the there. Price, but I ate a two hour lunch there. Yeah. With cops that were drinking wine uh, the entire time. And they're saying in Norway too that the. Uh, Galdhobigen summer ski area has reopened after it had 40 centimeters of fresh snow. Damn. It's normally open from skiing from spring to late autumn, but had to close in July due to high temperatures affecting the snowpack. But it is now able to reopen after the recent cold weather and fresh snow. Mm, we should go there. So beautiful things happening all over the Europe and happening in North America. So it's uh, only a matter of time. I know Loveland out in Colorado was showing the guns just ready, just chomping at the bit, ready to get fired off. Temperature is going to drop probably pretty soon, next couple weeks. And then it's going to happen before everybody knows it. Like as the games begin, when it starts, it just goes boom. And people are like, holy crap, I didn't realize stuff was open. Like, you got to be ready. Yeah. Actually, I think it was A Basin that had the, uh, the guns open. I'm looking at the picture now. Damn. I know Loveland and A-Basin, they're the ones always battling it out to see who can open first. Even though last year, it was Wolf Creek. Damn. Snow is happening. Snow is happening. Snow is happening, and it's beautiful. Whew. All right, so as we get ready for the season over here in the Northeast, um, or up there in the Northeast by you, Brian, um, Vail Resorts was eyeing, well, Altera was eyeing Jay Peak. And Vale took a pass. So Vale eyed it. And they've been gobbling up, you know, resorts for a while now. But they're saying, you know, it's uh, the Northeast Kingdom. And they they told the local board during a recent meeting that they were not interested. So I guess I guess they're looking for buyers, right, JP? Because they're kind of bankrupt. They've been having issues for a while. And, you know, we talked about it a couple, a couple of years ago and haven't I mean, have one or two follow-ups on it, but they've been kind of preparing themselves to be sold for a while, but nothing came about even after the, the, the mention of that. So yeah, they really are due to get picked up by somebody. And, you know, if, if Altera is to pick it up, I mean, that's a, that's a big move for the icon pass holders in the, uh, on the East coast. So, yeah, they're saying so. Michael Gober, who's J, J. Peak's court-appointed receiver, is seeking is seeing, uh, seeking through the sale of the resort to recoup money for the EB five investors who put money into the resort for massive upgrades for nearly a decade that have led to fraudulent allegations and criminal charges. So think about that. They're saying we want to sell the resort to pay back these investors that got duped by the Ponzi scheme that was set up by the previous owners. Why would you invest there? Like, I, I'm not going to just hand them a check. Like, 
if I put a million dollars into the resort, I want the million dollars to go to the resort. Yeah, right. Which is kind of fucked up. So I guess that's why it's toxic. People are like, I'm I'm not even going to touch it. Like, you know, you go to your board of directors at Vail and you're like, yeah, let's throw like, you know, $30 million because we're only going to get $10 million worth out of it because the other $20 million is going to go to these investors. Like that got duped. Like it just doesn't seem like a good, a good deal. So I, I think everybody's going to wait for the fire sale, let them go bankrupt and just sell it. And we could sweep in and buy it then. <laughs> it's funny. In the article, it says the town of Jay has the resort assessed on the grand list at 124 million. The U S securities and exchange commission during a May 2016 court hearing value J peak at 42 million. <laughs> Based on average, pro- is that fucked up? Yeah, based on average profits, that's a big difference. One twenty-four versus forty-two. Yep. So that means all that extra money they're going to try to pay back these investors, which you know, no fault of their own, they got duped. Um, but it's just if you're coming in and you're like, well, what am I getting for my money? Well, you're only getting one quarter worth of what you're putting your money for. Like, yeah, it's a tough sell. Seems like a bad investment. It sure does. So I think that Ariel Quiros, who's the owner that started the whole controversy, I think you take all of his investments, liquidate them, and pay everybody back. That's yeah, what, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck him right in the ass. That's what I say. There you go. <laughs> fuck <laughs> you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> all right, next up. Now, if anyone saw my post on Instagram, I posted my beer and I posted the, the latest issue of Free Skier, which just came out. And the picture you folks saw was the last time that magazine was not covered in beer because <laughs> I took another picture and I was I was trying to get it like you know move things around and get the the right to come out. <laughs> I uh, I just shrieked as my beer spilled, so it didn't even come out. That was the problem. Uh. It seems like the ski magazines they usually were coming out. Like mid, mid late August, and this year everything seems to be starting a little bit later. And I'm looking right now, and we got a message last week from Powder, and they're saying their first issue is coming soon. And this is their 48th year, and they've announced they're only going to do four issues this year, which is down from what they usually do. Yeah. And the- the first issue of the season is the buyer's guide and they'll be their October issue. So I guess they only do October, November, December, and January or January, February, however they usually do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's the his we've all been hearing, you know, that print is dead and the ski industry is usually trends a bit, you know, older, a little slower to, to make that transition. But this, maybe this is the, uh, the, uh, the death toll for the the print magazines i don't know take it from a guy that used to work in publishing um (laughs) while everybody says print is dead and print is dying there's still going to be that niche market that wants that print and i tell you what if they were to get rid of the buyer's guide or like a few of those issues that everybody looks forward to especially with skiing I don't want it on my phone. There's too much Instagram shit on that I'm getting already. I'm looking at Dan Blazarian fucking having a great time all the time, getting pissed off. I want to see a nice little <laughs> magazine and block everybody out in the world, put my fucking headphones on, listen to some, you know, 
own meditation shit while I while I read a nice fucking magazine. That's what I want. I want nice pictures. I want like ski porn. That's what I want. I think Dan Bilzerian is really just trying to find happiness. I think he's having a hard time. He's really looking hard, and I really wish I could help him out, but it's just, <laughs> he's just dead on the inside. You know, he's trying to find something substance. But you know, there's something with sitting with a magazine and and enjoying it. You know, like hey, maybe I don't magazine. Have yeah. Right. And it's curated and people took time to write, you know, the words that are in there and the articles that are in there and do the reviews. And, and that's what you want. Like, I don't know, you go on the Internet and it's sometimes it's too scattered to follow through in a nice, easy way, you know? Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just a little distracted and thumbing through the magazine right now. And See? yeah, it's You're just it's. Focused. It's beautiful, you know, like it's something you really take for granted with everything being so digital and disposable and and not in your hands that when you do get something that you enjoy and you can sit down with it and really just go through all the pages and, you know, get the smell of the magazine and the feel of the pages. It's it's very different and it's definitely a bit of a throwback kind of feel. Yeah. But it's for the magazine like nice. it you through like it leads you through the magazine when you're on the internet there there's like so many ways that you can like go off tangent and go into something else where the mag keeps you focused on oh you want that picture you know what's coming next boom that picture boom uh you know what's coming next the review that you wanted you know so it's kind of like they're trying to predict what you want to see and, and they present it to you in a way and it's kind of like sitting through a movie versus putting together a movie from 15 second videos online. Yeah. You know, you, you trust Quentin Tarantino to put together a movie for you in a way that he does versus, Hey, you know, I could, I could look at whatever it is that that they're looking at now, but you know, some short clips of video here and there and get together the feel of something like it's different, you know, mm -hmm. it's curated. I love that in the you know, spoiler alert, in the free ride 115 plus millimeter section, they do include a mono ski. Yes. In the They're top coming 10. Back, man. Coming back. I think this is the year of the mono. I think this is the year I may try to um, snowblade. Ooh. Got to do it, man. I ever see somebody doing it everywhere I go. <laughs> this could be your year. Maybe your mono snowblade will finally be ready. That's got to be a thing. Mono I'm writing it down. Mono snowblade. You know, just buy two mono skis and just cut one down as your uh, your snowblade. I know. Buy two snowblades and and weld them together. <laughs> weld them together. <laughs> We're just gonna like a quick release, so you connect them and put them together and take them apart. He's doing perfect parallel. Stunning. It'll be like a split ski, but you do a split snowblade, a split mono snowblade. Like you could mono and then not mono, mono and mono, mono mono no mono, mono no mono. Yep. Cool. And you know what? I'll take the sec the next article too. You got it. So Rollerblade is now they've made a comeback, apparently. Now, I remember them Ooh. back back in the back in the day. But they're apparently making a comeback now. And you know, with a lot of people being more fitness conscious, everyone's looking for new fun ways to work out and stay active. And they've put together this whole skate to ski program for skiers who want to get into shape, 
you know, better shape before the season starts. And they have a bunch of different, you know, just kind of inline exercises and showing a bunch of skiers, professional skiers, and what they do to train with their rollerblades, which is pretty cool. I like that. Now, I know, like, when I was playing way more roller hockey, I felt so much more prepared for ski season because I played most of the summertime. Like, we play outside. Like, it was, you know, brutal and awful and sweaty and gnarly, but it was a great training and warm-up for the season, and it was fun. The one thing, at least where I live, there's not a lot of... Because when you do use inline skates, if you've never used them before, you really do need a nice, smooth surface to skate on them. And if you have like kind of janky old blacktop or a lot of rocks or crap, it really does make it kind of miserable. That's where it gets real. Yeah, I guess if you have different different kind of wheels, and but I think you need like a suspension or something. But if you are looking for something different and you want to, you know, in pre- preparation for the season, you could do a lot worse than giving some blades a shot because they really can be a lot of fun. Well, these blades now, like the wheels are much bigger than they used to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes all the difference because it used to be like smaller wheels and you get, if you were on like, you know, any rocky surface, you're like, this sucks. Yeah. But if you have bigger wheels, you can kind of go over, you can crush over a bunch of stuff. Yeah. They have a couple different forms now. They have like a three, like a three big wheels. Yeah. Blade, and then the regular four. Like grass almost probably. Maybe. Yeah. So a bunch of different things, a bunch of different, you know, ways to train. So it's it's worth giving it a shot. And it again, it is a lot of fun to do. Gets a great workout. So give them a shot. I might be seeing a rollerblade dealer near me soon. There you go. Maybe you could be a, a rollerblade rep. Hey, I could do it all year round here. It's true. You can. And you probably have nice, smooth surfaces. Not hey. affected by the cold and the freezing and then the temperature moving up and then getting potholes and all that crap. I'm up by a great little trail. Yeah, look at you. You roll blade all day. All damn day. All damn day. <laughs> all right, so the uh, British team, Team Great Britain, is searching for female Paralympic snowboarders to join the team. So with the Winter Paralympic program in 2014, um, there were a bunch of uh, rider, first riders from Great Britain that started, but they said while a handful of men are targeting further success in Europa and World Cup races this season, there are currently no female equivalents. So they they're saying there's like a you know a void of like you know big female competitors, and they're looking for people to, to join the team. So um, I don't know if that's necessarily bad or good. Like I guess if there's a shortage, that could mean there's nobody that's handicapped. That's fine too. Uh, but I guess they're just, you know, trying to put the word out there and say if anybody, uh, any eligible athletes that are available that would like to be involved, reach out to them because they're totally willing to um, to help them, you know, compete and stuff. So that's that's pretty cool that they're reaching out. My question is, so imagine you have a service you provide where you want to be on the regular British women's ski or snowboard team the service provided is that you go and you fuck that person up <laughs> to the point where they have to go into the Paralympics. That's horrible shit, man. I knew you were going to go there because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, I can't really go there. Well, I mean, 
Come on, if you're gonna be like the uh, the eighth or ninth place Todd person, is doing fucking commercials now. She could be the one leading this effort. Like just taking yeah. out with like freaking tire irons. Listen, if you're the eighth or ninth place person and you just can't get that competitive advantage and beat that other top group that's going to compete, what else are you going to do? See, but it has to be a disability. It can't be just like a an injury, though. Oh, so really? You really got to fuck somebody up. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you got to like just you know. It's got to be like a permanent, I think. Like a bolt, like a giant bolt cutter to the kneecap. Just snap yeah. that thing off. You can't just like, you know, go in a cryo chamber and get a little frostbite on your feet. You know? Oh, oh that's right, AB. You suck dick. I hate you. Hate you, man. He's going to win a Super Bowl. He probably will. He's going to win a goddamn Super Bowl, isn't he? Take that ring and shove it right up his ass. Tom Brady's going to win nine more Super Bowls. He's going to be 75 when he retires. I'm fine with Tom winning another Super Bowl. I hate the fact that if he wins the Super Bowl, he's going to drag the AB with him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I said my piece. It is what it is. That's right. But anyway. Is so, he going to stop you from skiing more? No. I think, I think he's going to be the one to start hobbling these people, these these British chicks, to get him on the team. That's like something like old retired like uh, like linebackers could do. Like Terry Tate people. Like just take people out so they can make them to, onto the... Uh, Paralympic team. Terry Tate. I freaking love Terry Tate. Woo! Uh, the world needs more Terry Tates. I got to tell you. If we had Terry Tate, we'd have more Paralympic uh, athletes. Athletes all See? around. He could be like at the UN and just like creating Paralympic athletes every day. Huh. <laughs> we have the Terry Tate Award for creating the most Paralympic athletes. But then I just I just uh, Brexited your spine. <laughs> Horrible. Yep. So they show this facility. Is that an indoor ski facility? Because it looks pretty massive. That's that we had most of them ski over there in England. Is the indoor that. facilities? That's nice. It's gigantic. You know what's even better? Real snow and a mountain. I know. Langdraft Indoor Snow Center in the Netherlands. That thing's big. Yeah. Is the one in the Netherlands going to be that big? Probably. <laughs> And they have like solar power all over that thing too. Yeah. Doing it right. Yep. And there's one more story that I've had to put in the outline. We're going to talk about it quick here. Marcel Hirscher confirms retirement at age 30. Oh, damn it. So he was at, you know, the top of the men's, you know, downhill game. He's the man. Uh, he's won so, the title in eight times from 2012 through 2019, winning more Crystal Globes than anyone else in history. Uh, but following marriage, birth of his son last year, he said his priorities have changed, and he made his retirement announcement at a much-publicized press conference broadcast live on primetime Austrian TV. Damn. He has won 67 World Cup races, the third in the world for downhill skiers behind only Ingmar Stenmark and Lindsey Vaughn. Damn. He also has two Winter Olympic and seven World Championship gold medals, as well as being voted five-time Austrian Athlete of the Year. Hmm. So if you get him and Michaela Schiffer to have a baby, is that a super skier or not? Dude, that's see that goes back to our uh, conversation from like a year ago. I know we always used to have these conversations. What would happen if like Dennis Rodman would have a baby with like Zivon? <laughs> yeah, Zivon. Like, what the hell would we get out of that basketball yeah. playing skier? Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, that, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. There should be an organization to hook that up. Well, I'm sure whoever Marcel married, his wife, I'm sure she probably is an awesome skier too. Otherwise, he wouldn't be bothered. That's well, true. Maybe not. Who knows? But I would think, being Austrian, he would want to make sure she was a skier too. Maybe she's a great baker. You'd have a great skiing baker. I don't know. Oh, that's someone you want to have in your uh, ski house. That's what I'm talking about. See, there's there's redeeming factors to everybody, so it's kind of cool to see what what happens. Yeah. So he's already a badass skier, but yeah, I think he said he wants to get out and ski more powder now. So nice. imagine being able, to, like, being one of the most amazing skiers ever, retire at thirty. You know, I, he's had some injuries, but it's not like like Lindsay, like just this comeback all the time and just getting more mangled and beat up and bone on bone and You're like I'm out debilitated. I'm helicopter skiing now is gonna jump off a of shit. That'd be kind of cool. He'll probably be in like a TGR movie next year. That's what I'm saying. He probably has designs on that. He's like, yeah. I'm gonna do some crazy movie. Yeah. That'd be nice. It's pretty cool. So congratulations, Marcel, and uh, look forward to seeing what your your next endeavor will be. I'm sure it'll be awesome. Boom. All right, and that wraps up the old ski news. So we're going to the main topic now. And you know, Mario, we kind of we kind of threw the main topic together because oh, we chucked it together from personal experience of what's happening right now. Yeah. It's kind of in Brian's court right now because, you know, I kind of made it about me this main topic. It's all about you. It's all about me. So I did a couple of interesting things over the past week. And the one thing I did, and we were trying to, originally we would plan to podcast last Thursday, but I was in day two of a three-day cleanse. So I was kind of feeling miserable and just beat up. I think I fell asleep at like 8.30 on the couch. Like shit, shit yourself to sleep that night or something? You know, there was a lot less shitting myself than I expected. Damn, that's so good. It was, it was kind of surprising. So the one that I did was from Beachbody Ultimate. And other people who do, uh, you know, like uh, the 80-Day Obsession and the uh, P90X, like that's that whole group. They do right. those those workouts. And they also do like the Shakeology and, you know, a lot of the supplements. So I did, uh, it's called the three-day refresh program with them. All right. And what it entails is, so this is like how I was now usually how I eat is I do in the morning I get up and one thing I like to hear it has like a you drink it eight 12 ounces of filtered water like first thing when you get up kind of get your system going and I try to do that but usually I end up just drinking coffee first mm. and uh, lately I've been moving away from like creamers and I do some of the powder stuff so I was doing like some keto creamer and now I got this good like turmeric stuff. So usually I do coffee and then I do a, a pretty long break. I go work out and then I have, I'll have like a, a shake at like noon or noonish about, let's call it that. And then I'll wait a couple hours and have lunch. So like three o'clock, have like a usually pretty protein and vegetables and then dinner at six thirty seven whatever. And then try to try to stop by seven o'clock and then not eat again till noon the next day. You just have that coffee in between. So this thing, what it does, so I'm not, it's not like I have a terrible, terrible, terrible diet. Of course, I, in the weekends, things get super weird and I'll eat a whole 
well, the reason why I wanted to do this is because the weekend <laughs> before I did this, like, what did you eat before that? We, Labor Day weekend, we were up at uh, some relatives and they had a big party Sunday night. And uh, the one neighbor made these, they're called ice cream pizzas, which is as insane <laughs> as it sounds. You pretty much get like a pizza size, you know, we get like a DiGiorno, like the size of one of those things. Yeah. And in, for the crust, you use oreo like crushed up oreos oh that sounds delicious it's already amazing so that's the crust and then the cheese and sauce i guess part is just ice cream and then the the, the toppings you use whatever so there was one that was like busted up like peanut butter cups and then like a swirl of peanut butter and chocolate there was one that had fruit the healthy one as we'll call it. <laughs> and then there was one that was like, there was like M&M's and a bunch of other shit in there. So I, and these are, these were big. They had to be maybe 14, 16 inches in diameter. So they were good size. I ate half of one myself right. on Sunday. And then on Monday, <laughs> I ate another fucking half. So basically you were looking at yourself as you're eating this like pizza, ice cream concoction. Basically, uh, cookies and pizza and ice cream, and you're like crying while you're looking at yourself, saying, I, "I I can't keep going this way." Just embarrassed. Like it's just, I know what I'm capable of. I know the destruction I can do. It was just, and the worst thing about it was, so that Monday well, when I, spoon to eat this, it was yeah, it was like just a giant spoon, giant spoon, right? And you just giant like, spoon. Like that's the one to serve with. You're like, no, this is my spoon. The problem was too, like the Monday when I, I had it early. It was early in the morning when I ate it. We drove home, and like I got home and I was like, oh, what other kind of shit can I eat? So I ate like a freaking half a bag of chips and salsa, which isn't the worst thing ever. But then I found like in the freezer, I found like carrot cake that was frozen. I found like a bunch of other crap. It was just, it's like a snowball effect. Like it just got worse and worse. You were binging. You were on binging. a binge big and that's that's the worst thing about sugar is once you start having it you just want more but if you can kind of cut it out and avoid it then you don't have the problems as much yeah so our so i thought usually i ate pretty good then this happened i also kind of knew i was gonna do this cleanse so i'm like you know what let's go out with a bang and just eat like an asshole for a day yeah. see what happens and i had done pretty well until that ice cream came out the ice cream is like my downfall like i can't stop it i can't resist it you're an ice cream eating fool i know that Ice kryptonite. That's just, yeah, just what it does. You've seen me. You've seen me buy three pints of ice cream, eat like a pint and a half. Yeah. No and problem. I'm like, dude, you're eating more ice cream? I'm like, yep. <laughs> ice cream. All right. I bought it. <laughs> I didn't buy it to not eat it. So this this refresh thing, what it does is you see, you have three days and it has a whole schedule of things for you to eat. So the first thing is eight to 12 ounces of filtered water in the morning, like right when you get up. And then in an hour of waking, they have a, uh, a Shakeology shake. So that's like that powder mix that you can buy and you add a fruit to it. So it's water, the shake, like a scoop of the Shakeology, which has a ton of, you know, vitamins and minerals and proteins in it, plus a fruit option. So f- for the most part, I would do two thirds of a cup of blueberries with mine. And then a couple hours later, they have this thing called the fiber sweep which that's where I was expecting to have the for like colon blow. I thought that's what it was going to be, but it wasn't. It was surprising. I was really surprised. So what that fiber sweep is, it is scientifically formulated blend 
of soluble and insoluble fibers, patent-pending fiber drink gently and naturally eliminates waste from your digestive system while supporting healthy intestinal flora. So it's got whole ground-up flax, chia, psyllium seed husks. Sounds like a cone blue to me. Sounded like it, right? Like it should be. Yeah. And then, uh, so after that, uh, like an hour or so later, you have lunch and they have a, a vanilla fresh. So the fiber sweep came in a packet and the vanilla fresh came in a packet, which is the uh, the one that's like a high protein, hunger satisfying shake. Nice. So that one had wholesome plant protein, 22 essential vitamins and minerals, probiotics to help promote digestive and immune health, to help curb hunger, no artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, or sweeteners. So you have that with a fruit, a vegetable, and a healthy fat. So I would usually have, for fruit, I had cherries. Um, like you buy like a bag of the frozen cherries and have a, a portion of that. Vegetables, usually nice. like carrots or celery. And then the healthy fat was either a hummus or a almond butter. And an afternoon snack, again, you get a fruit or vegetable or a juice. And then dinner, you got... Another one of the same vanilla freshes that you had at lunch, the high protein, hunger satisfying shake, and then the dinners. And the dinners were the ones that were the most depressing for me. Uh, I had there was one uh, night, one night I had a spinach salad, and I don't love spinach as a salad. I had that with tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers, and it just was like. And for dressing, it was like a squeeze of lemon and a little like a like a drop or two of olive oil. And you're hungry like an hour later, right? Well, it just took me a while to put it all down, which made me go like, do I really eat, not eat that well? But usually I like, I like the, um, we usually like the butter lettuce or the romaine lettuce, which, you know, is pretty good. And I don't want to go crazy with dressing. Usually I do avocado oil, balsamic, not even too much balsamic, more, more oil than, uh, than the vinegar. And, uh, I, I usually put something with substance, like some cashews or sunflower seeds or just something with some freaking something flavor and salt and crispiness to it <laughs> that freaking spinach salad man i just told you huh that and, it, and you got a cup of vegetable broth so yeah now one thing it did teach me though is how much we just a lot of times you just eat because you think you're supposed to eat not because you're actually hungry it's true that's a big thing. And a lot of times you think and you're that's hungry. That's the reason you're there with the two pizzas that you ate. <laughs> exactly. And like a lot of times you, we sub, we think we're hungry, but we're really just thirsty and dehydrated. Like most people do not drink enough water. And this thing, it tried to promote drinking a ton of water. And I, I did definitely didn't drink as much as I was supposed to. Um, and that's one of the things like if you do have, you know, trying to lose weight or trying to be healthier, try to take a break from, from eating and just drink more water. I mean, mm -hmm. it can make a big difference. Well, a lot of people, some, they get hooked on uh, the, the soft drinks and whether they're, you know, diet soft drink or soft drink, it's still bloaty. It's still worse than just drinking freaking water. Goddamn white claw. If you want something, in, put a little squeeze of lemon in it. That's it. Yeah. Not water. Yeah. So this was, it was an interesting experiment and, you know, the first day sucked, obviously. The second day was probably worse. Better or did you lose weight? Like, what, what was the result? I lost a couple pounds, actually. Andrea lost like eight pounds. She did the same thing that I did. 
Oh wow! I don't know if she was water weight or inflammation or what it was, but she uh, she really did. It really helped her out a lot. Cool. And you know what? I uh, I took like a before and after picture, and you definitely see a little more cutness. Like it it, it didn't make a difference. And now it's, I mean, more of it is like mental too, just knowing you can do it and that you really don't need as much food as you think you do or normally do. Mm-hmm. So that that was kind of like a mental thing that was good. And I'm glad I, I was able to do it, you know, and, and just, because again, you know, they have those like, was it Blue Point does those juice cleanses too you can do where it's like seven bottles of juice. Mm. And those are, those are okay. You know, I'm sure those are, those work for some people. I like having real food. Which was nice with this, so yeah. yeah and, juice cleanse is uh, it's tough because you're like I just can't just do liquids all the time. You want to chew on something. You want something, you know. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing with this one too is, you know, it does give you a lot of different options for your foods if you want to do different kinds of fruits or different vegetables. And you know, they have a couple of recipes here for the dinners. One thing we did do, which was pretty good, was a it was like a Oh, coconut steamed veggies. So Trader Joe's, they have like a this multicolored cauliflower, like frozen. And I've talked about the awesomeness of Trader Joe's frozen foods. Yeah. But they have this like multicolored cauliflower. It's like purple, green, white. So it was like that with carrots, water, coconut oil, and sea salt. And that was actually pretty good. That was a little more substantive than that spinach salad, which was kind of a bummer. So, you know, again, it's you're just so used to doing things one way. It's nice to to present a different way of doing things and to kind of challenge yourself and have you realize what you're capable of and what your body is capable of and, and just breaking out of your, your norm sometimes. So that's kind of what I got out of it. And I probably should try to do it at least quarterly. Will I? <laughs> I don't know. But I definitely should. And, you know, it was good. So I'll post a... We'll post a link on the show notes for more information on if anyone wants to check it out. Well, sometimes so, it's good to do that because how how else would you have had some of those dishes like the cauliflower thing, right? Like when when else would you have had that? Yeah, I mean, we we eat pretty healthy yeah. and try to have at least you know a nice serving or two of vegetables with dinner every night. But again, yeah, again, it presents you with different options on how to prepare stuff and you know other ways of. Because a lot of times, our, again, our default is like, we'll get salad, bag a bag of salad and mm. just have that. And again, do it with avocado. We do it with some nuts. We you know, not don't put a lot of dressing on it. So we do usually eat it pretty healthy, but this is something different. And, you know, right. you, you, your body gets used to eating the same stuff and kind of gets you into a, a certain rut or, you know, normal way of doing things. So it is good to... to to trick it a bit. Cause I know with working out too, that's the big thing is, you know, they say that you need to kind of shock your body and, and mess with it and, and try different things. That's how you get, you know, bigger results or bigger gains, depending on what you're looking to do is yeah. by mixing it up. Cool. No. Well, it sounds like it worked out pretty good. Yeah. I'm still here. You know, I, uh, I really did appreciate the, uh, the barbecue I had the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Which, well, you know, you know, it's it's tough like so it's tough doing a long one but three days it's really not that long when you think about it if you fit it in you know like yeah, a, you can do anything for three days yeah yeah it's it's like when you gotta do a week or two weeks or 30 days i mean then you're talking like it, that that's gonna have you're gonna have a few times where you have some little meltdowns maybe you know yeah that's a lot but 
yeah, three days was a was a nice kind of mix things up and shake it up a bit. Amount. Yeah, I'm not good with diets or fasts or anything like that. Yeah. Tried a few of them in the past, and I'm like, yeah, I, I got to do like a one or maybe three days, like my limit. I can't do a, a, a week. It's a good amount. Yeah, it's definitely doable. So the other thing that I uh, I did right, you know, right the day of the ice cream pizzas was the same day that we finished up a little project, and I've been talking about it for probably at least a year now, and finally got around to it. I built. Well, I was the assistant on building Adirondack ski chair, which I'm sitting in right now. Sitting there right now. If anyone's watching the videos, you can see all the beautiful skis. Beautiful uh, skis that were once. Right What's that? I'm going to share my screen right now. It has you building this thing. Yeah. Woo. We, let me pull that up. Yep. There's me. Wearing the same shirt I'm wearing right now. Huh? Building a freaking Adirondack chair. Yeah. Driving cool. in some screws. Yeah, it was it was a pretty fun project, actually. Yeah, thing. That's pretty nice. Went to my wife's uncle. He is kind of an amateur he's semi retired and an amateur woodworker. So he's got a really cool wood shop and We've been talking about it for a while, and this weekend, well, Labor Day weekend, we finally got around to building it. I mean, I had three sets of skis sitting in his garage for a year, and he would always kind of break my balls like, hey, uh, we're going to build this ski or what? And, you know, when you – also has a pool. So when you <laughs> pool in the summertime, you really don't want to dick around with building something like this. You want to hang out in the pool, but it wasn't that hot. So we uh, – it took us – really, it wasn't that long because the nice thing is – and he builds these all the time. Like he's built dozens of Adirondack chairs for for people, and we oh, have one that helps. So he's he's kind of a pro at it at this point. He has all these templates set up and has all the equipment to to cut everything, and you know has the sizing. But this was a little different, obviously, because it had the the skis in it. But it, it we needed less wood. We didn't need to to do some of the more intricate carving of the like the arms and the the tops on the backs. So it made it a little bit easier, which was cool. And it, it just, it looks awesome. Like it looks great in the pictures, but in person, it's even more co- awesome. Like it just has this presence to it too, which is cool. Did you polish it up or anything? Um, We had to sand a lot of stuff down, like where all the, the screw holes were and yeah. where the bindings were. Yeah. So I did a lot of, a lot of uh, sanding on those parts. We were looking at other chairs that people have online, and a lot of them use the skis for the seat part. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, but that seems like it wouldn't be that comfortable. So we just have the regular uh, horizontal slats. I was wondering about that. What's that? Would that be like pinchy? Like, what would be the deal on that? Probably. I mean, they look cool, but I don't know how comfortable they would be. I mean, because that for a back, it's not bad because it's way up. So it's not going to hit your head. No, yeah, it's kind of. Right. And then you got the seat, which is nice. It's nice wood. So that works. Yeah. And, and it kind of takes the, sh- the, the cool thing is like the, uh, it has a little bit of a contour to it because it takes the shape of the, the side piece that goes, that kind of is the support for the uh, upright beams that goes all the way to the back. So oh. That kind of defines the shape of the uh the seat itself 
where, right, actually, right. where your butt actually goes. Yeah. So yeah, we were looking at using it at ski parts, but it just it was not be as comfortable doing it that way. So we went the with the wood instead because you have thinner slats there, and again, it, it kind of is supposed to form fit your 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 butt there, butt and I legs. You're building it for summer or winter usage, right? So if it's winter only, mm-hmm. you chuck it out there. People are wearing a lot of clothes. It doesn't have to be as comfortable, right? Right. Now this is I was sitting out there. We were sitting at the fire. That's where that picture was taken. There was a fire pit right there, and I just sat there and hung out and nice. felt like a goddamn king. I got to tell you, <laughs> and we improvised a bit too. Yeah, so for this, usually the armrests are are wood, but I, we had the backs of the uh, those head skis, your head skis actually. Nice. They were donated, and I got to say, look at the the sticker right there. Is that a high nose sticker? That is a high nose sticker. Yeah. I actually did do a. Uh, I added them on the last picture I posted because of the sticker. Nice. Which is pretty cool. But yeah, we decided to use the backs of those skis as the arms, which is cool. It just worked out nicely and has a nice little uh, taper up at the uh, the front of it. So, it, you know, it, it kind of works. And those skis are old as hell. Yeah. <sighs> and and then, those are Andrea's and those are yours, right? Andrea's, well, no, Andrea's are those Rosignols. And then the Solomons were just unused skis that we, Andrea's mom had. So, oh wow! Look at that. Yeah. So then we took the backs of the Rosignols and put them together and made a shot ski out oh, of uh, ice. If you go to uh, one of the other pictures there in that post, you should see it. That oh. same that same post. There's like there's like four pictures there. Yeah. Um, if you scroll over, there you go. Oh yeah. So we had we used a. I don't know what the attach again. I'm not the foreman. I don't know what the attachment is called, but you just could drill a, a inch and a half wide circle through it, and we punched four of those through. We tested it to make sure the shot glasses fit. Lo and behold, they did. Sweet. And uh, yeah, we got a shot ski. The shot ski was born. Yep. It's sitting here somewhere. Where is it? And oh, you can see it back there. See it? And on the wall there. Yeah, there it is. There it is. That's it. All its glory. Cool. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was yeah, a lot of fun. Project that you put off for a while finally came to fruition. It's nice to see. It is, yeah. And I think we're gonna try to see if if we can drum up some interest in people wanting more of these because we, you know, was talking to you know the foreman in the project, and he's like, "Yeah, I'd love to do build some more of these." So. We'll have some more information on the website. If anyone's interested, they can reach out and hit us up, skibumpodcast.com, if they have skis or if they... Got to drum up the free skis, what you got to do. Yeah, see if we can uh, you know, hit up some manufacturers trying to dump off some skis or, or you know, I don't even know. There's so many different sources for getting old skis, so we'll see what yeah. we can do. Cool. So, yeah, so if you, you want to hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com and... Or we'll have more information coming up probably in the shop section at skibumpodcast.com slash shop. You uh, sell blueprints to it. No, no. We make them. <laughs> We're actually going to build them. You just go online and find the, the, the specs for them too. Under the ropes. Mario, kick it off. All right. So there is, as we like the whole yacht to your idea. And we keep pushing the yachts. That's how we live our lives. And we keep pushing the yurts. Luxurious Silent Yachts 55 
claims pure solar power and zero. What's NBH stand for? Anyway, Silent Yachts 55 is the name of the company. And it's a really big green company. They're making some baller ass yachts. And um, Oh, noise, it's, vibration, harshness. Ooh, noise, vibration, harshness. So it's actually silent, very silent. So covert, silent ass yacht. Yep. And Rob Report did a piece on them. And they're saying one of the most unique features uh, compared to traditional yachts is the absence of, of a loud and smelly gas-powered motor. That's the one thing with boating. I mean, there's tons of boats down here now where I live. You know, you got a big engine. You hear that everywhere. You hear that thing. It's loud. Uh, it is kind of smelly, you know, if you're, unless you're riding fast. But yeah, electric, that electric motor, that's got to be pretty sweet. Yeah, and think about not to pay for gas because boats just guzzle gas. Yeah, plus you get instant, like, boom, that thing's going instantly. You're not, you know, trying to start it and then it goes and then you're trying to ramp up. It's like, let's just go. You know, it's like Tesla versus the regular. It's amazing that they can generate that much power to power this thing. It has it claims a hundred percent solar power. Yeah, so it has significantly less maintenance than a than a gas yacht because gas you got to flush out. There's a there's a lot of shit that breaks that like with a regular boat. Like so many people have problems. They're like, you know, you have problems with the engine. You hit something. Like there's there's always something going on with a motor. Um, but they're saying actually the solar powers come with a twenty five year warranty and the batteries come with an eight year warranty, which is pretty good. That's really good. And it's only going to cost one and a half million dollars. That's nothing. Like that, really, for the world of yachting, that's not bad. If your clairvoyance is correct and you do win Powerball tomorrow, you can just we can have a whole fleet of these. Yeah, they say it reaches a speed of approximately twelve knots, which I guess is pretty good. Um, the solar panels are capable of a hundred kilowatts per, covering the top of the yacht, and battery capacity of one hundred twenty kilowatts kilowatt hours. Uh, has a 22 kilowatt generator and two 30 kilowatt electric motors, so you could probably power that thing for a good amount. I wonder how much of the batteries can store though. I mean, I know this is 120 kilowatt hours, so because I guess the worst thing is like imagine being stuck out at sea and there's like cloud covers. Well, like, what would they do to you? Here's the thing: I've been out with people, and they're like. I went out with my cousin like when I first moved to Tampa. He's like, oh, let's go. I got a new boat, whatever. He's like, we go out fishing. We went out 35 miles. That's a fucking long way to go out. And you know what we almost did? Ran out of gas. So it doesn't matter even if you have gas. You can run out of gas. <laughs> we were basically trickling in, and I'm like, you son of a bitch. Luckily, we brought 10 <laughs> extra gallons with us and filled it up at sea to come back because we wow. knew it would be tight. Like, he was planning. He's pretty good at planning it. And I got to say he was right on, but we probably almost ran out of gas, like right, right at the dock. Like that's how close he cut it. And there was a storm running in. So it was kind of big black clouds coming. And in Tampa, it's not like you just get rain and a little storm. You get freaking lightning. It kills people. So it was pretty scary. Yikes. But yeah, just so you can run out of gas just as easily as you run out of that power. <laughs> But I tell you, where they put the solar panels is really cool. It's like all on the top. It looks pretty pretty badass. I like it. Yeah, it works with the design the way they have it in place. Yeah, because a lot of times people put covers on their on their um on their boats in general. And you think about, well, instead of a canvas cover, you could put this nice solar panel over and get power off it, which is a pretty good idea. 
Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely need to pick one of these up in the near future. Yacht and yurt. It's coming. That's a yurt. It's coming with the Powerball, man. <laughs> we're going to have the big... Uh, so we were talking about the big uh, bus, the, you know, the tour bus, and then we're going to have a few of these going. Oh, RV, right? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm going to get the full bus. Full bus? A half million dollar bus. Well, maybe we can get uh, Banksy to paint it. Yeah. That wouldn't be bad, right? That would be a good idea. So that rolls into our final story. And that is a cool little article I found last week on Uncrate, which has you know tons of cool stuff. We probably found like one article a month from them. They always have some really neat stuff. And Banksy, what he did was he painted what's called the Turbo Zone truck back in turn of the millennium, so 1999 to 2000. He was at a New Year's warehouse party and was asked to paint a 1988 Volvo FL6 box truck. (laughs) And he started on a stage that night. He continued adding to it over the next two weeks with details that read like a greatest hits of the artist's work. Winged monkeys, SWAT teams, gas masks, and TVs. The title, Laugh Now, But One Day We'll Be in Charge, is spray painted on the side and the truck is signed not once but twice in stencil. The owner of the truck is Mojo. Van used it for his company Turbo Zone International Circus, touring mostly through Europe, but as far south as South America. He produced... So this was made long before Banksy really rose to fame, and it's one of his largest works with provenance and a backstory like few others. That's pretty wild. Yeah, and this is going to auction. They are asking or assuming they're going to get around 1.3 million for it. We could be the bidder online. Yeah, it's possible, yeah. right? If you bid on it and you win, does the truck blow up? That's what I wanted. Uh, only one way to find out. Yeah. Yeah, they're saying oh the bids uh the it's starting at 1300 hours BST. British Standard Time, is that right? In thirteen hundred hours, I, f- I think it's thirteen hundred hours British Standard Time on September fourteenth. That's what it looks like. So that's one o'clock. Yeah. In what would be one o'clock p.m. So that's coming up. So get yeah. your, uh, you know, cash your coin in at the Coin Star, so you could have enough money to buy this bad boy. Yeah. And get the number for a collector or a, uh, a bidder for you. It's it's a pretty cool looking truck, obviously. And we'll have a link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out. Well, the fact that it's a Banksy, I mean, that big too. Like, what was his last work that went? Oh, his stuff goes well, 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 well over a million dollars these days. That's so, what I'm saying. They're even small things. Three. This will probably go for, I would say probably five. Economy's still good. People got money to spend. One point. So the shredded piece, that was the one that I guess that's the last one so for 1.4. Okay. And that wasn't a big piece either, size wise. But they're saying now after the shredding, it's worth double that. Of course. Right. So, yeah, right. Fucking art world is so bizarre. It is crazy. It really is. They just kind of make up shit and sniff their own farts and tell you how delicious and wonderful it is. I know. Fart into that thing and, you know. 
It's freaking South Park all over again. The smug. Yeah. That was the smug one, right? But they I were think being- so, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up the old podcast for the week. Thank you so much for joining us. Check us out at skibumpodcast.com. If you could rate, subscribe, go to your favorite podcasting app, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you go, please go there, rate us, tell your friends, tell your families, send the love. Also go to the website, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. Got a couple items there. Hopefully get more soon. I've been saying that for months. I know. Again, it's been a crazy summer. Crazier than expected. Crazy. Check us out on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are at Ski Bum Podcast. Go to YouTube, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, blah, blah, blah. All that other stuff. You know where to go. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.